this morning, if you would, please, if you'll take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we'll be reading verses 24 through 34. That's Matthew chapter 6. That's found in the New Testament, the first book of the New Testament. For many of you that may not know, I just thought I would help you out. Matthew chapter 6, and if you don't have your electrical device, maybe you don't have your Bible with you, you can more, you're more than welcome to follow with me on the screen this morning. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, reads this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let us pray. Father, we thank you again for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the fellowship. Thank you for the spirit. Thank you for these dear ladies, the, the sisters of this church that get a chance to get together and learn to, to know somebody in a different way, learn to love somebody differently, learn to understand uh, truly what uh, the struggles of life are. And Father, we face many struggles in our life. And Lord, you even said in this world, we will have trials. There will be tribulation. And let Yet, Lord, we know that we can come before the throne of grace and receive your mercy and receive your love. So, Father, we thank you that today, as we dive into what is prayer and how does it look in our life in regard to worry and anxiety, help us to get rid of it and praise you for all the things that you put us through. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the word today. And we pray, Father, that you'll hide me behind the cross and speak to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. We worry about our money. We worry about our health. We worry about our relationships. We're worried about our jobs and we're worried about our careers. Here's the thing. We worry. And so in my moments with you today, by the time you're finished, I hope that I can encourage you to not have to do what? Worry anymore or worry any longer. I don't care what it's about. I don't care what's provoking it, what is irritating or exasperating or frustrating. We want to lift the burden based on God's word of worry. 
Three times we are commanded in the passages to do what? Not to worry. I like what it says here in verse 25. It says this, For this reason I say to you, do not worry. Then if you look at verse 31, it says, do not worry then. So you can see it there. It says, don't worry. You don't have to worry. And then in verse 34, it says, so do not worry. Three times we are commanded to not do what? Worry. It's very interesting for me because I really do believe that therefore to worry is to do what? Is to sin. If something is a command and you disobey it, it is called what? A sin. Most people do not look at worry as sin. They look at it as natural. They look at it as something that is legit given the circumstances that I'm facing or that I'm going through. Yet the Lord in this passage gives a command and he couples the command with this statement. And here's what he says. Oh, you of little faith. You believe I can take you to heaven You just don't believe that I can cover you here on this earth. You believe I'm good for eternity, but I'm insufficient for time. Do not worry. It's interesting for me because uh, as he puts this up on the screen, it says the word worry. What is the word worry? I mean, we talk about it as used on a daily basis. We all face worry in our life, but what does it mean? The word worry or anxiety means to be torn in two. Interesting, isn't it? Worry is concern on steroids. Worry is concern that's gone haywire. There's a difference between concern and there's a difference between worry. Concern is I have an issue in my life that is troubling me. And I am setting forth a plan as best as I can to address it. And that is legitimate concern. But worry is where concern controls you. Did you hear me? But worry is where concern controls you. It is where because of the concern, we can't do what? We can't sleep because of the concern. I can't control my temper because of the concern. I am losing the ability to cope. It is where concern has now become the controlling factor Because of the issue, whatever it is that you face. Interesting, isn't it? Now let me give a clarification here. Let me kind of break this down for you. I'm not talking about chemical imbalances. Now listen to me closely. Where there's a physical chemical reality that needs to be addressed because the physical is affecting the emotional. And absolutely that may need medication. That is not what I'm actually addressing here Today, what I am addressing is where the circumstance in and of itself is controlling you. It is dictating who you are, where you are, how you function, whether you function. It tells you if you can get up in the morning and it tells you, you better go to bed right now. I've been there. Are you with me? Because I think many of us can relate. It owns you. Well, this morning, he says in introducing this section, for this reason. And then he tells you, don't worry for this reason. So before he tells you, don't worry, he says, there is a reason. 
So you can't understand not to worry unless you understand the reason why you're worrying, right? So he says, for this reason, if you look in the scriptures, which means we have to back up here just a few verses. Then I want you to bring up here on verse, in verse 22, here's what it says in Matthew chapter 6. It says this, the lamp of the body is the eye, and if therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. And it continues, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And then he continues, no one can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man. You cannot serve God and wealth. Because one of the big worries of life has to do with what? resources he says if you want to get over worry you got to get rid of the one, one of your masters worry will track you down if you've got more than one master he says if you got god over here and something else in control over there since the definition of worry is to be do is what to be torn into two and you've got two different masters going in two different directions, then they will keep you worried because they will keep you torn. Why? Because he says in his word, the light is in the eye. And if the light is in the eye, then the whole body knows what to grab and where to walk. Interesting, huh? The whole body can function because it's seeing things clearly. But if the eyes are dark, everything else is in trouble. The hand's in trouble, doesn't know what it's grabbing. The feet are in trouble and doesn't even know where it's going. It says everything else is in trouble. If there's darkness in the eye, if there's not clear sight because you have become divided with masters, one of the reasons we stay worried is we stay divided between masters. I always, you hear me say this all the time, where your face is turned is where your focus goes, right? Be very careful. He says in this text right here, love the Sermon on the Mount, I love Matthew chapter 6, he says, you cannot serve two masters. He doesn't say, well, if you want to, you can try it out. He says, you cannot serve two masters. And when you do, you will be worried because you then will be what? Divided. And the spiritual division creates or supports the ongoing nature of worry. And a master is somebody who tells you what to do. A master is somebody who controls the priorities of life. He says, do not worry, O you of little faith. I always found that interesting. Do not worry, oh, you have little faith. He's telling us not to worry, and he already knows that we have such little faith. Amen? It's difficult. Our humanistic, natural, fleshly desires to worry. Listen, I'm a worrier. So I'm standing before you today to say, hi, I am your pastor, and I am a sinner. I sin. Why am I preaching this message? Because I need this message. This message is for me. I got up this morning and I said, oh, this message is for me. Oh, my goodness. Because I got up at 2.45 the other morning worrying. I know. And so my wife says, you can't worry. And even though there's a center of calm that, that I find in the presence of Christ and peace, I was reminded, oh, don't worry. Do not worry, oh, you of little faith. 
And I thought to myself, wow. When we start looking at our own life, we think, wow, we want to be great pillars of the assembly. We want to have great faith, right? Isn't that why we're Christians? Isn't that why it's what we do? Reality is we lack. He now says, he goes a little deeper. He says, if you are consumed by worry, if worry is your middle name, if you weren't worrying, you wouldn't know what to do with yourself. He then says here, you don't understand God. You don't understand his nature and you don't understand his providence and you don't understand his priorities. One thing is, I'm not God. I try to achieve to be more godly. Notice what he he says here in verse 22. He says, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink as to your body, as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body more than raiment? He says, people get worried about the wrong things. We do. It's crazy. Do you ever look back and you, you say to yourself, why did I even worry about that? God had everything in the palm of his hand. He was in control. But it's so easy for us. But that's where Satan comes in. That's, remember the, the first message of series where I talked about binding and loosing? That's where we come in and we take authority over the enemy. And we tell him, you know what? You can't do this to me. Get behind me, Satan, for thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only him shalt thou serve. This is where we come in and we say, God, I'm taking, I'm taking authority right now over this. You get worried about what you're going to eat. You ought to be worried about whether you're going to get up to eat anything. Because life is more than food. You're worried about food. But you are alive because if you don't have life, you don't have to worry about food. So if you have life, you can assume food. He says the body is more than raiment. The body is more than clothes. It's amazing. We worry about clothes. This past week, this is a little advertisement. This past week, yeah, here, here we go. We worry about clothes, new clothes, torn clothes, sewed up clothes. We worry about clothes. And he says to us, what, you're worried about the wrong thing. So this past week I was, you know, downstairs in my, my beautiful closet, all arrayed with all my different outfits. And, you know, I had to, I, I'm, I'm leading up to something here. And as I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm getting ready to take a shirt out. <laughs> you all ready for this? The whole rack and everything went, on the floor, and I stood back, and I went, what in the world is going on? Hey, hey, oh, hold on. <laughs> Don't take my punchline here. So I was like, now i got to worry about my clothes. And my wife's been telling me all along, honey, you need to purge. So it was funny, so when we moved over here uh, three months ago, my, my kids, they were bringing our clothes in. They're like, Dad? You have a lot of clothes. So we get my daughter four car loads full. Really? We had to just see how they stick with their mother. That's the problem when you have four girls. I just want to let you son-in-laws know. I know, exactly. I know, they were like, why does he have so many belts? But I do want you guys to know, I, I was like, Listen, like, and my wife's right. It's very hard, you know, to get rid of those things from 1988. I know. I mean, think they come full circle, don't they? You know what I just saw? I told you I'm going on a tangent. You know what I just saw? I saw pleats in the store, and I said, oh, no, you don't. 
I am not wearing pleats in my pants any longer and a double-breasted suit. What was funny, as the crashed, I looked over and I go, what is that suit jacket over there? Hey, look at that double-breasted gold-button suit jacket. I'm going to be in style in another couple months. I'm still over the pleats, okay? And it was funny because when we all used to wear pleats back in the day, you know, in our pants, I'm thinking, are we really going to do this? Just like skinny jeans, just like every, and we do. But you know what's great? I am a little disappointed because a few months ago I got rid of the plaid suits that I had from 1980. And, and you know, it, it is what it is, but, uh, so I had to go out and buy some plaid suits. But I am just at a different measurement right now. But I, do, I told my son-in-laws, I said, well, the good thing happened here. I am now reorganizing the closet. Travis came over. He put on these strong things. He's like, Dad, don't you worry. You can hang, you know, two 500-pound men on this thing. I'm like, well, I'm 158. I don't know how I won't need 500 pounds or 1,000 pounds. But anyhow, uh, but so I thought, oh, this is great too. So I went in there, did my workout, you know, the 500 push-ups. I did the chin-ups and... Okay, maybe I didn't. I'm just throwing that in there. But, uh, but anyhow, so going through all that, I am purging, right? And the problem is, my son-in-laws, if any of you are 34s, I'm now down to a 32. So if you would like to have the 34 stuff, I'm starting to make a big, huge, you can have it all. I've already started going through stuff. I'm purging. We went down from, you know, 1,000 pounds to 975 pounds. But I am purging. Maybe I am a hoarder. Uh, I'll see you guys Thursday for New Hope for Recovery. And, uh, but I will tell you this. So let's get back to our text. You know, I started worrying. And I'm like, really? I mean, I, I was looking at this thing. I'm like, really? Is this really happening to me? You know, as I'm taking jackets off and, you know, shirts off and suit jackets off. And more suit jackets off. And, more, oh, and uh, I'm thinking, man, so I started worrying about all of this stuff. And, and then... I started thinking to myself, Todd, why are you getting yourself worked up? You're worrying about the wrong thing. You need to worry about whether your body's intact to put your arms through the sleeves. We get messed up on priorities. Is it too, too little, too big, too wide, too, too tall, too this, too that? Our priorities are out of line. And then here's what it says in verse 26. I think this is interesting. He says, have you ever paid attention to nature? He says, have you ever studied nature? Because he says in verse 26, here's what it reads. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? They don't sow. They don't reap or they don't gather in barns. And it says, but our heavenly Father looks out for them. It says he feeds them. Neither their heavenly Father, your heavenly Father. Are you not much are you not worth much more than they, as it says in the scriptures? He says, clothing. He says, Solomon was not arrayed like the lilies of the field, right? So I'm going to go kind of quickly through here, and, and we're going to be mindful of the time this morning. But with all of Solomon's millions and billions of dollars, because he was wealthy, it says, the lilies of the field, they neither twirl nor spin, You've never seen a lily using a sewing machine, have you? Calling on Singer to keep, keep up with the pedals, right? That doesn't happen. You don't see that. He says, because God works it out in nature. It says this, they don't toil. They don't spin. 
But your heavenly Father supplies what they need, and it's all. It's assumed that all of nature operates by God's natural supply. Amazing. See, the thing is, we don't know who we're actually dealing with. So we find ourselves under the stranglehold, under the stronghold of worry, under the stranglehold of anxiety. And yet he says, don't do it. It's a sin. Man, what a conviction. Man, we all better hit the altar today. I know I need to be here because I am a sinner and I have a tendency to worry. And we need to put our faith and trust in God. And, and you know what? When you do it, you elevate the natural over the supernatural when we worry. Man over God. And you're telling me you are your God. And you live divided and torn in two. So it shouldn't surprise us that Isaiah 26 says this in verse 3 and 4. It says this, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And then he says God gives peace in every single circumstance. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that life does not get hard because we realize that it does get hard. It's very difficult. Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world, you will have what? In this world, you will have troubles. In this world, you will have tribulation. But this is ironic and this is weird to me. But be of good cheer. Say what? In this world, you're going to go through all kinds of junk. But I just want to encourage you. It says in the next passage, or in the next sentence, be of good cheer. You just told me I can expect trouble, and then you're going to tell me to cheer up and do what? Sing? Cheer up and be happy? And don't worry? That song is crazy. I don't care what anybody says. Don't worry, be happy. In the midst of my trials, in the midst of my tribulations, and when we understand when God allows trouble in our lives, I'm not talking about trouble that we create now. I'm talking about trouble that he allows that would create the insecurity that drives us from concern to worry. And that's what he is creating in your situation is an opportunity to see that he is God. So the next time you are tempted to worry beyond concern, concern is where you have a real issue and you are seeking a way to resolve it. Worry is where it has taken over the concern and it is controlling you. Can you repeat that, Pastor? Sure. Worry is where it has taken over the concern and it is controlling you. So I'm going to say this. The next time you are tempted to worry, You must now look at that as an opportunity for God to let you see how much God he really is. Amen. So verse 32. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. This is a little embarrassing because what he says is when you worry you have now joined the ranks of pagans. I'm going to break this down and we'll move forward. Here's what he's actually saying here. 
the Gentiles, the non-believers, the pagans. He says they break their necks, mismanage their priorities because they've gotten to make they've got to make it happen themselves. They seek they seek to control it and why? Why is that? Because they are their own gods. Hold on a minute. You all have a dad in this room. You have a heavenly father, amen? God gets insulted when we question his capacity, his ability, and his intentionality to cover the needs of what? Of his people. I'm not talking about everyone. And I'm not talking about every desire. He's talking about he knows you need these things. He's talking about the needs of life. He says, stop being pagans. Because he says, I'm talking about your dad, but your heavenly father also has got to be who? Your master. He says, now your father knows where you are, says your father knows how you got there and what you need. He knows how to rearrange things and how to arrange things. He knows how to flip things. He knows how to tweak things. And he knows how to trip things. He knows how to do it so that you can see that he is God. He says, so I am encouraging, stop acting like the heathen. So church, what do you have to do? Verse 33 says this, one of my favorite verses. And here's what it says. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. The key word is what? Not second, but. Not second, but. Not second, but. You seek first the kingdom, right? You seek first the kingdom. And the kingdom is the divine rule that I'm in charge here. Righteousness is the divine standard that you're living to please me based on the standards as revealed in my word. So my rule, my standards, that's first. Listen, church, are you with me this morning? Are you following along? Amen. And one of the reasons why we're not seeing more of God is he's somewhere down the line when we get to him because he isn't first Eh, i'll get to it when i have enough time Eh, i'll participate when i have enough money when i have enough patience when i have enough of this or when i have enough of that when i have enough we get around to it later and worry all along the way but to be able to take a chill pill and to say this After I've done all that I'm supposed to do. Because in the scriptures it says, because a bird, a bird doesn't go out on a limb and open up its beak and wait for worms to just drop from heaven, does he? No, he goes worm hunting. But he knows that worms to hunt have been supplied. So it does mean fulfilling your personal responsibility, but with expectation of God's Provision. Seek you first. Primary. Seek you first with priority. The role and the standards of God as your priority. 
And then he closes with the finale. He says in verse 34, and we can read this together. It says, and I love this, and I want you to go home and remember this today. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Do not worry about tomorrow. Oh, yeah, God, you can say all that because you're God. Okay. We are troubled by the problems of the past. We are troubled by the struggles of the present. And we are troubled by the uncertainty of what? Of the future. Would you agree? All those, and sometimes we're troubled about all three at the same time. He says, I need to teach you, the Lord says, how to manage time. I love what Pastor Evans says. He says, most of us, now I want you to listen to me closely because this is deep. This is college material. This is for all of you that have your doctorate. And uh, for some, we'll get it. And for some, you'll get it tomorrow. It says this. Most of us are crucified between two thieves. Yesterday and tomorrow. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. Okay. And I, I probably missed some of you with that one. But listen. Today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. So yesterday, you worried about today, but you're making it today even though you worried about it yesterday, which is the tomorrow that you were worried about yesterday when you were worried about it today. Woo! There was a lot there. Go back to our podcast. Following the service, you'll be able to follow that very closely. Just kidding. Now, I know you've got to graduate from high school to understand a lot of this stuff, and I'm just joking when I say that. You ever notice when you're worried about tomorrow? When you get to tomorrow, then you're worried about the next tomorrow and the next day and the next day. He says when it comes to living, you have to learn to do it one day at a time. In Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22, it says this. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. His mercies are new every day. And then in verse 23, it says this. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Let me put it to you this way. He's not going to give you tomorrow's mercies today. Today is going to give you for today. That's how it works. Think about this, church. There are people in countries, you take Syria, maybe even take Iraq, and they're just glad to make it one more day. They can't be planning for the future and planning for retirement. And I do believe that God believes in planning. He believes in planning for the future, inheritance, and all that. But you've got to live for what? For today. And if God has been faithful today, you gotta do, you've got something to sing about, even if you're unsure about tomorrow. Now, what this means is that you've got to hang out with people who are going to make the heavenly more important than the earthly. Amen? Worry is like hanging out with worriers. Makes them feel better about their worrying. Thank God I took speech class today on this message. I had to keep practicing it this morning because I had a difficult time saying my R's. And I was thinking the whole time as I was preaching this message about worry, was it going to come out the proper way? You guys don't understand the difficulty. And I started worrying and then I started sinning. And so I had to leave it up to God. See, it's all relevant all the time. Let me just say this in closing. So you ask me, 
Pastor, what should I do? Well, here's what you should do, and here's the answer to today's message. You need to hang out with people that will take you to the spiritual. You, will, you need to hang out with people that will take you to the spiritual. You need to forget about your anxieties, amen, Diane? Forget about those anxieties and hang out with people to take you to the next level. One of the worst phrases in the world is when someone tells you not to worry and you know that's exactly what you'll do. So you need someone to take you higher so that you can see that you have one master and one father and he is first in your life. See, worry doesn't have to be the controlling element in your life. When our Priority is spiritual. God will take care of the material. For where God guides, He provides. Mm -hmm. When you are tempted to worry, which is what everyone in this room does, it's what we all do, which is very natural. Getting laid off from your job, finances, marriage, health, life situations. There should be an immediate response, a natural response. Don't let it control you. Don't let it consume you. And whenever you are tempted to worry, I want you to do this. I've had to practice it a lot these past few weeks in my own life. When worry tries to consume you, to consume you that is an automatic need and invitation to do what? To pray. And when worry starts to consume you, that is an automatic need, an invitation to pray on the spot. And when worry shows up, you have just received a formal invitation in writing to pray. It says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And let your requests be known unto God. That is a prayer in the morning. That is a prayer in the afternoon or whenever worry decides to rear its ugly head because God said that we need to have conversation right here, right now. No matter where you are at, bring your worries to Him and pray. And whenever that temptation is to worry, that is when the invitation comes to pray. Lord, I'm starting to worry and I'm driving down the road. I can't, help, I can't handle this. That means you stop what you're doing and you start praying. And when you get to that stoplight, maybe you can bow your head. Be careful closing your eyes. And the people next to you might think you're crazy. But that's your moment to stop and pray. You know, this past week, I've been in supplication. I looked down at that verse and I thought it was very interesting because I thought with thanksgiving, with supplication, we bring our needs and requests. It means you get on your knees and you praise God for everything that you're going through. If you're at that restaurant and you start to worry, dismiss yourself and go in the back stall. And you and the Apostle John have some special times together. That's how it works. You enjoy that time and you bring that to Christ and you tell him, thank you for putting me and placing me right here, right now in the midst of all this chaos. Find a spot and give your worries to God. And when you come to, he says this, and when you come to me, come to me with thanksgiving. 
I would like to challenge you to give thanks in the midst of your request. And it says then that the God of peace will meet you in that space. Here's what it says. Write it down to maybe put it on your, I, I need to put this on my refrigerator, but it says in Psalms 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. He will meet you in that place. He will visit you in your space. May I encourage all of you this morning, all of us, you, me to do something. Maybe you feel like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Well, I do know this, and I know the promise. Because the Bible says this, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And it also says, and he is able to do exceedingly and more abundantly than I could ask or think. How blessed is he who considers the helplessness the Lord will deliver him in a day of trouble. You must put God in his rightful place, not reacting to you, but you reacting to him. And when you start reacting to him, and you will start to see heaven visit earth, and you will see eternity visit time, and you will see God visit you, then you can toss worry aside while you deal with your concern. Can I get an amen up in there? Hallelujah. Let's all rise to our feet and let's pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you that today we can bring our worries, our anxiety, and our concern. Father, we thank you that in this world we may have troubles, we may have tribulations, we may have trials. But Father, you said in your word, but be of good cheer for you've overcome whatever we're going through. So our God of peace... We come before you today and we ask that, Lord, for some that are in this room are dealing with worry, they're dealing with anxiety, they're dealing with things that just continue to control their minds. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I take that worry, I bind it, we chain it down. And Father, we loose your peace upon them. Father, help us to know that no matter what happens through our trials and through our tribulations, you are not intimidated with anything that we're going through. For you and your son Jesus, who sits at the right hand, have had intercession and have talked about it, and, they, and you too know about it. So, Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the Trinity. We thank you that, Lord, we can come before you and know, Father, that you can help us in our moments of uncertainty. So, Father, today I thank you for my health. I thank you for your deliverance. I thank you for your control. I thank you for this church. I thank you for your people. I thank you, Father, for whatever they're going through. Lord, we thank you for it because, Lord, you know about it and you've allowed it to happen. And Father, I thank you that we can seek you first. And today, Father, if there's somebody here that does not know you, and maybe they put you on the back burner, maybe they're number t you're number 10 on the list, may they move you to the top of the list. May you become first. Because it says, and your righteousness. You said, Lord, if we seek your face and not your hands, that, Lord, you will bless us abundantly. So let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I ask for blessings upon each person. Father, I pray that you will bless each one today. May we seek you today. In your holy name we pray. Amen and amen. As you remain standing. We're going to sing, Lord, I need you. Here at this church, if you don't know Christ, would you come to know him? Would you come to know the Savior who died to give you life? There's only hope in one person, and his name is Jesus. Would you lay down your anxiety? Would you lay down your worry? Would you lay down that stress and just 
Give it to God. Do you receive that this morning? Amen. Let's worship Him.